0: what is good everybody welcome to another niners nation podcast this is the gold diggers podcast i am rob stats Carrera, and with me today filling in for a very very sick michelle mazouk i don't know what's going on with michelle but there was a lot of vomiting apparently oh. uh is mark Deluki from niners nation what's up
1: mark well i'm glad to be here didn't realize michelle's dealing with that but uh, glad to fill in um and help out when i can Got a message this morning, was looking forward to having her
0: come back. She's been off a couple weeks because of the holidays, and uh, she said that she was, quote, violently ill, which is horrible. Don't love hearing that. I hope she gets well soon, but we will soldier on here. Huge game for the Niners coming up on Sunday, Niners-Rams. We're going to take a look at some prop bets. There's one prop bet that is the single most amazing prop bet I think I have ever seen in my entire life that we're going to get to. Uh, but before we get to all that, Mark, first, I want to remind everybody, rate, review, subscribe to the Niners Nation podcast network. But just generally, this whole quarterback thing, who do you think starts? And do you think that Kyle Shanahan is making the right decision if it's Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh,
1: I think Garoppolo starts. And no, I don't. I mean, and, you know, I think y- you're sort of closer to me in this. I think we've been both people who've been in the, I don't even know why Jimmy's necessarily on this team camp and been pretty firmly in the, even if he is on this team, this should have been Lance's job to lose really And the 49ers should have been ready, um, you know, to, to, to ride this season out with him. And again, I, I think, you know, we can get into that or not, but yeah, I think Garoppolo is going to start. I think, Again, Shanahan has chosen to ride with Jimmy this long for reasons that remain kind of perplexing to to me from you know I I give Shanahan credit as a, as a football mind in many ways, but man the it seems like there's some glaring weaknesses and blind spots in, in his approach. Um and, and yeah, so I, to me I think he I think he views Jimmy as a better option for the 49ers right now. I think he views Jimmy as a better option to beat the Rams, even if he's severely uh, hampered by injury. And I just don't think either of those things are, are necessarily true.
0: That's what I don't understand. Look, if you wanted to say that Jimmy's a better option than Trey when they're both healthy, I would still fight you, but okay. Like, all right, Kyle, I'll defer to you on that one. But the fact that he's, he could be so hampered, that they still want to go with Jimmy Garoppolo? That's really surprising to me. I wrote something for Niners Nation yesterday. There's only two answers to why that could be. Either one, they think Jimmy Garoppolo is so star-spangled awesome that even when he's hurt, he's better than Trey Lance, which doesn't seem logical to me because you never would have drafted Lance in the first place if that was true. Or two, they have so many worries about Lance that even a severely injured Jimmy Garoppolo is still better than him.
1: And I think, you know, again, that's where I've sort of been at this whole time. And that's where, again, I think that the Niners folks who get upset when we when we talk about, you know, sort of this. I think it's this is not this is, I think, a fairly, you know, I I know people like to make in ignoring how good Mahomes turned out. They like to make the Alex Smith Mahomes comp in terms of how the Kansas City handled it. And I just don't think Jimmy has earned the same level of one. Like, I think Jimmy hasn't earned the same level of trust as Alex Smith, and I don't think uh, Kyle Shanahan's earned the same level of, of trust as Andy Reid on this. And, again, even when you look at, like, the, the context of that situation, like, the fact that the Niners traded up to number three, right? Like, Mahomes it was a was either 10, 11, or 12, right, in that mix. And can't say trade up for the 20s. Like, it's a whole different situation the Niners are coming from, you know, with this situation. And, again, it's like – even if they, they let's say they do get into the playoffs and again, if they make, you know, a, a run at the Super Bowl or whatever, fine, that's a different conversation. But let's say they get into the playoffs and lose in the first round. I don't consider that a successful season. Like that to me is a failed season. It, I mean, look, they were what fourth or fifth in, in in the Vegas odds for Super Bowl title championships, Super Bowl odds coming into the season. They've underperformed this season without playing Lance. And so like that's my whole thing, you know, with this situation is if you're in it. You don't need you need to be winning the division if you're not playing the rookie. Not sneaking into the wild card that you probably only have a shot at because of an expanded playoff um from a, C, a new CBA agreement. You know what I mean? Like like this is um where I'm at with it. And so it, it's a very weird spot because I obviously want the Niners to make the playoffs. I want the 49ers to win on Sunday, but it feels like a lot of people are just sort of taking that for granted because you know this Shanahan has ownage over McVay which is true to I think a certain extent but you know everyone wants to 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 get you know the Niners look the Niners have as much talent as the Rams but the Niners are not as good as the Rams like that's been borne out this season
0: yeah that's frustrating for me to hear though because you're not the only one that has said it Kyle Posey said it a ton The Niners are so talented. They have so much talent. Well, then how come they don't win more games? Like, how come they lose so goddamn always? It seems like it's so maddening. And I agree. I think that Kyle and the Niners have put all their eggs in making the playoffs this year. Like, that's the basket they put their eggs in. The second you don't give Lance the job out of camp, you're doing that because you're saying we're Super Bowl contenders. Because that's the only reason not to play him when you know that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be gone. And so to be fighting for a playoff spot right now is disappointing. You could have been nine and seven with Trey Lance. There's no reason why to think that they couldn't have done the exact same thing and gotten a full year of development onto Trey Lance. So you have to make the playoffs. This is the other thing though. Is it possible that Jimmy Garoppolo is not as injured as it was reported that he was? Because I don't know how he could even be throwing if he had the injury that was reported because we've seen other people, it takes at least four weeks to, to get it back out there. And this is going to be 17 days and he's chucking the ball
1: around. I'll hold, withhold judgment until I see Jimmy throwing a game on Sunday. I, you know, like I think there's a like I think there is a, a definite possibility here where we, we look at this. You know, again, if Jimmy's slinging it on Sunday and, and looks pretty much back to normal, I think I'm inclined to agree with you because you're absolutely right. Like the precedents for this injury are not like you can grit through it in a couple of weeks. Like the precedents of this injury are maybe you can grit through it after a month and a half, and even then you're not 100. percent So I mean, again, I, I'm withholding judgment because. Again, sat, like I don't have a lot of trust of Shanahan and the 49ers. You know, I, I think, um, you know, this is sort of a side conversation, but we talk about how the 49ers have been ravaged by injuries consistently. We also see them push guys back from injuries, it seems like, on a timeline way ahead of most other teams when you look at comparisons, and I, I don't think that's a coincidence. Like, I think there is a causal connection there. So uh, that's where I like – I think if Jimmy plays and plays well and he is back to normal and I'm overreacting to the idea that he's hampered and, you know, they kind of do what they did – before then, yeah, I think there's got to be some exaggeration somewhere because to me, there's no way with the, what we've been told. And when you look at sort of you know the comps for that injury, no way Jimmy seems like a reasonable option to start. Do you think it sends
0: any kind of weird or bad message to Trey Lance for them to say, yeah, we know Jimmy's hurt and we know you're the future and we think you're awesome. But you know what? We still think this dude's better than you. Like to me, if I were him, I would be like, what the hell? Like, wh- what do I have to do to get in here?
1: I I've wanted all season the documentary following Trey Lance's family and just like the, the Manning cast, but it's just, uh, right. Carlton Lance, I think is, is his father. I forget what his mother's name is, but yeah, like just, just the, the Manning cast with the Lance family. Cause I, you know, when Jimmy's bad also, it's pretty, you know, it's, it's not one that's, that's an easy watch. So I, I would have loved. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think people were right in one sense when they said Lance, got drafted into the best situation of any of the quarterbacks this season I think also though everyone was saying that with the idea that this team wasn't going to be this committed to Jimmy Garoppolo that this team wasn't going to be so afraid to play a quarterback presumably because of like inaccuracy and inexperience when that was like a calling card of his draft prospects right like again it I think so much of this scrutiny is here because the 49ers traded up. If the 49ers sit in tw- sit at 12, and again, Trey Lance doesn't follow them at 12, obviously, if they sit there. But let's say in some weird weird scenario, 49ers sit in 12 and draft Trey Lance. I don't think there's the same pressure or, or even safe statement because it's like, oh, the Niners got lucky and they took advantage of luck. Right, like, or again, if they sit at twelve and draft Mac Jones, you know, Mac Jones might be more inclined to be able to play if under Shanahan at this point. But you know, I don't think that this pressure is even the same way if they're sitting Mac in the same way, or if Justin Fields, you know, whoever. But they traded up. They said we want to pick our guy because we, you know, because they ne- they needed to do it beforehand. And they probably gave it more than they had to to do that. Well, if that's what this means, and you cared a lot about accuracy and experience, so they could play quickly then why do you take the least experience and the least accurate option like you t- <laughs> you took the quarterback whose closest cop was josh allen and are now complaining that you have to deal with josh allen's rookie season potentially and it's like well then don't take josh allen when there's other prospects on the board
0: the 49ers clearly chose violence this season <laughs> like you keep jimmy Garoppolo. if they had just traded up for lance and done everything the same and just gotten rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Whatever the record was this year, Absolutely. people would have been like, whatever. They're developing Trey Lance, like you know. And if they if they got to this point and they were nine and seven, people would have been like, hey, good for them. Trey Lance is developing. And they're fighting for a playoff spot. That's awesome. But the fact that they didn't do that, they set themselves up for everything that we have been saying this entire year. The back and forth with Jimmy Garoppolo. Why don't they bench Jimmy? Is he good enough? Okay, Jimmy's hurt again. Bringing in Lance. Lance looked okay against the undefeated Cardinals team. Should they stick with Lance? Oh, Lance, hurt. like everything that happened this season is a result of the choices that the 49ers made back in April to, to keep both of these quarterbacks on the roster and con- to continue to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo throughout the entire season. They had to know that this was going to happen, right? You can't tell me that they were all naive, that they thought it was just going to be smooth
1: sailing throughout this whole year. That's what kind of worries me, though, is I, I I mean, again, you know, I I guess if most people listen to this, assuming they read Niners Nation, you know, I'm the guy who wrote the I think it's time to fire Kyle Shanahan piece after they started three and five. So, you know, like, obviously, I know where I'm at, to a certain degree, I think I've moved off that a bit after the the last streak, I'm still willing to give him a bit more time. But part of the reason I was able to get there this early in the season is I just think the failure of Shanahan's tenure has been... His like lack of cohesive vision has been this weird, disjointed. I think team building approach, and that's trickled into player development. That's trickled into the draft, and I just think that's what's so frustrating. Is look the t- you know, yes, NFL is fifty three man deep, but top six to eight players are usually what define where a roster can go. You know, and and coaching determines how much you're able to get out of the rest of the roster. Again, barring some a few exceptions. The Niners' top six to eight players stack up with almost any team, and that's what is so frustrating. Is and, and credit to Shanahan in that most of that talent's been acquired under him. Like I don't want to take that away, and I'm you know, but the fact that they're you know, look at their peers right now in this wild card race. New Orleans, Philadelphia. I mean, these are not teams that you look around that roster and see the dynamic kind of playmakers in the same way. What you see in some cases is better depth, right? More solid players at weaker positions in some cases. But again, part of the reason the Niners are here is because they've chosen not to solidify other areas. And and that's why it makes it so hard for me to sort of speculate so often with this team is because... I don't know how much I trust Shanahan, like in terms of decision-making and it also, again, in terms of injury management, like all of these things. Um, and again, you know, that's gamesmanship. Like I'm not necessarily fully ripping him for that part of that's because, you know, there's, there's strategic advantages to not telling us or telling us certain things. I'm not, you know, totally um, naive to that, but, He hasn't done a very good job, I feel like, of manipulating these narratives in his tenure either. Like, again, the way he's, you know, handled the quarterback situation, the way he... He, Shanahan always seems surprised when he says something and then it's like vaguely taken out of context and sometimes even used in context. And he's like, well, you know, you guys, you reporters got to make a story out of something. It's like, all right, Kyle, you grew up in this. Like the idea that like, like you're a nepotism kid, like that's just, you know, like, come on, you you have like, what are you surprised by about the idea that you, dra- you trade three first round picks for a quarterback and then people are going to read into what you say about said quarterback and the veteran you traded them to replace. Like, come on.
0: Yeah. He's, he's so lucky that he coaches the 49ers. One of the softest core (laughs) of beat writers, pillowy marshmallow, soft, and the, the few times they do hold him to account, he gets all bent out of shape. He gets all his feathers ruffled about it. It can be frustrating at times, but we do have a game. The 49ers season may not be over. So I don't want this whole show to sound like we are, you know, eulogizing the, the season and the Kyle Shanahan era. So let's take a break really quick. And when we come back, we'll get into some props for this weekend, including the most bizarre, most unbelievable prop I have ever seen in my 36 years on this planet. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. Okay, Mark. We have Mark DeLuke sitting in for Michelle Majuk here on the show. There are prop bets this week, as you might expect. We don't have any props on the 49ers quarterbacks because we don't know who the 49ers quarterbacks are going to be. We do have some rushing and receiving props, though, and I have to start with this one. It's actually a Rams prop. I've never seen this before in my entire life. The over-under for receiving yards in the game for Cooper Cup. The over-under is
1: 116.5. What? Is someone drunk at DraftKings? I pulled up uh, the game logs. I'm going to read you Cooper Cup's career versus the Niners in receiving yards by game. He's eclipsed this mark once. He had 122 yards uh, earlier this year. The others are 41, 11, 31, 17. It's not like he is, like, yeah. Wow. Like, so this season's the only time he's ever eclipsed that mark. I know he's got the record in mind. It, I don't know. I mean, the problem is, to be fair, the problem with any prop bet with the opposing receiver with the 49ers is you can always go, well, the Niners corners. <laughs> if they, if they go like, at Who's it. covering this guy? Right. But, you know, Jimmy Ward is probably going to match up on Cup a good amount. And so, like, to me, that's the worst. You know, if you're the Rams, that's probably the matchup I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue the least um i actually i mean again if you're looking at frankly i know it's a Niners show but frankly i'm looking at you know, van jefferson at 39 and a half i feel like there's a good chance they're going to be trying to target the niners deep that's just honestly one or two completions that that could easily get him over that mark if i'm looking at the ram side of that's things point but you know, on the Niners side you got debo Kittle and both at the over under um, 52 and a half for debo 57 and a half for Kittle. that Kittle 57 and a half seems like the one I'm more inclined to take just because I I, I don't know. You know, I know we have Elijah Mitchell back. Now I just having that Elijah Mitchell back. So Debo's not going to get as many carries. Debo's yardage get so mixed up in terms of, did Jimmy throw the ball backwards or forwards? I'd <laughs> I I, I, I I'd, I'd be nervous if I'm only doing the receiving side of that. Kittle 57 and a half feels like if Jimmy does start, the only way I feel like Kittle doesn't get to 57 and a half is truly if it's like a, you know, nfc championship game plan jimmy throws it 10 times which isn't inconceivable but i think if you believe the 49ers are going to have any semblance of a passing attack i think they're going to need one to beat this rams teams then i find it hard to believe kittle's not going to have to get to 70 plus yards minimum
0: there does seem to be a point in every game this year where all of a sudden the other team realizes hey wait a minute they they don't have Anybody in the secondary that can cover our receiver. Maybe we should just keep throwing deep. It happened with the Colts. It happened with the Texans last week. Like, it, There comes a point where teams just realize, even if we can't catch it, they'll probably get a pass interference since the 49ers have 19 defensive pass interference penalties this year, by far the most in the league. And I, I mean, to me, Sean McVay, I think is going to be like, yeah, like we're just going to chuck it all the time. You know, they're making a big deal of Cam Akers coming back after his torn Achilles. Like, yeah, what's Cam Akers going to have, like 10 carries in the game? Like, no. Sean McVay is going to want to chuck it, especially after they got beat earlier in the year. Now they're in L.A., chance to win the division. They finally got, you know, a few weeks with OBJ under their belt. I think they are going to just attack, attack, attack.
1: Absolutely. McVay hears everyone talking about Shanahan owning him recently too. Mm-hmm. Like we act like Shanahan's going with an ego here. Yeah, a- absolutely. I think that's a- a- exactly the plan of attack. I, mean, I remember the Titans game where I was just perplexed. I mean, I know the Titans do this, you know, they believe they got to established their run before they go to the play action. I just remember watching, you know, the 49 defense kind of shut the Titans down in the first half and not in the second some of that might have been some adjustments, but or some of that might have just been playing differently. I think some of it was just Titans realized, oh, we don't have to run it on first and second down. And <laughs> the, and that's sort of, I think, yeah, the Rams are going to be in that position. There are, you know, they traded for Matthew Stafford in part to feel more comfortable in that position anyway. So I think that's exactly what they're going to do. I think Stafford, what Stafford's over under. He's 278, I think, at yeah, 278 and a half. I mean, you know. I don't know if i take that bet, but that seems very reasonable in terms of, like, a a pretty decent, like, I'd be surprised if Stafford's throwing for less than, you know, 280.
0: I thought it was hilarious this week. I can't remember who it was, but somebody brought up Matthew Stafford, and they're like, yeah, he's been up and down quarterback this year. And I'm like, do you realize, like, I would kill for a 49ers quarterback to have the year that matt stafford is having by the way in his first year learning a new system with a new team which everybody you know nobody wants to give him any credit for they want to make it seem like he's got to be you know totally up to date on the system a totally finished product matt stafford has i believe eight games this season with three or more touchdown passes the 49ers don't get that from their quarterbacks like to describe him as having an up and down year and then compare it to the 49ers quarterback situation is laughable.
1: Well, that's the real thing is that then what is Jimmy's year? Like, if Stafford's up and down, Jimmy's, you know, like Jimmy cannot be classified in that same scenario. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, again, if you want to have high standards, just have them across the board. <laughs> right. And like, uh, so I, I think that.
0: I agree with you. McVeigh has heard all the talk, all the trash. You're Kyle Shanahan's son, all that stuff. You know, one of those games, the 49ers won. Jared Goff had 78 passing yards, like 78 passing yards. Like that's not going to happen. Matthew Stafford could have 78 passing yards in the first quarter. Hell, he could have it on the first drive in theory, if they complete a long one. I just think that this is going to be a very, very uphill battle. I think the game script for the 49ers has to be very similar to how it was early in the year. Get some turnovers early build up a a double uh, two possession lead specifically early that just lets you run the ball. I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball 40 times like they did against the Rams, but that they're going to want to, I know that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is going to, you know, have to be one of those where, you know, again, if there were, we were talking about this before pregame, if there were a prop bet on the over under on rushing attempts, I feel fairly inclined on the Nair side, I'd be taking that over, you know? And and if there were on, on the rushing yard side, it feels like, right. I don't, I mean, I think I said this at you y'all, know, my prediction for the game's thirty-one uh, seventeen 17 for the Rams, but I do think the Niners it feels like they're going to have to run for like 175, 200 yards. It feels like if they're going to, you know, really be in this because even, uh, you know, if Mosley's back and Josh Norman is off the field, Ambry Thomas, Thomas continues to, you know, improve on his development, which, you know, crazy that if a rookie plays, they seem to get better the more they play. Hmm. But, you know, like, I I do think that is the the best, the secondary position, the secondary has been in in a while, but it, you know, looking up against the matchups they have on the Rams side, you know, it's still going to be incredibly difficult. And again, I just, you know, if you're going to run the ball a lot the quarterback who's a better running threat, who's also happens to be healthier. I, 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 you know, it's one of those things where I keep waiting for, you know, and people speculate all season. It's like, no, this is just Shanahan hiding his cards to use Lance as a trick. And it's like, well, Right, week eighteen, Niners have been underwhelming, and he hasn't really done that yet. So I I don't think that I don't think he has that up. Like I I think he genuinely is just I'm gonna ride with Jimmy G, and he thinks that Jimmy G is the better quarterback. And frankly, that's I think quite concerning if you're a 49ers fan, because he runs this franchise and this is the same person who traded all this for it. So um but yeah, I, I think this is going to have to be like a huge Elijah Mitchell game. Again, part of the reason I'm low on the Debo Samuel over under on the receiving yards, even though it's at what 52 or whatever it is, is because I think even with Mitchell, Samuel might get eight carries, 10 carries. Like, I think we're, this is going to be a game where, like, I think Samuel is going to get to 80, 120 yards. I, I, this could be a game, though, where he does that with one reception you know, and, and just that, like, this is a Elijah Mitchell gets 25, 27 carries and we're all going, can't Jeff Wilson get one or two because Mitchell's got 17 no. injuries. Nobody and, else can when Elijah and,
0: Mitchell plays.
1: And then Debo's going to get 10 to 15 carries. Like, I think that could very well be what the game plan looks like here. And to, to be fair, you know, maybe because he did just play in Jimmy's hurt, maybe Lance actually does get in for five snaps where he, like, does five quarterback powers and you have a connection on Twitter. But nonetheless, he he gets some carries in there.
0: So you notice that yeah, I tend I do tend to do that. Um if he does that with Lance just brings him in to run up the middle on like short yardage like what do you like that's the
1: like worst. the G- the Jimmy Ray fourth and one where Frank Gore's in the backfield and everyone in the stadium knows exactly what's about to happen yeah Every third and one and fourth and one,
0: if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing, the 49ers should just sneak it. Just sneak it. Yep. That's the only elite skill that Jimmy Garoppolo has. He's great at it. He gains like three, four yards sometimes. It's crazy. Um, But what about this weird thought that just popped into my head, this galaxy brain thought? Like the Niners game plan, as you have talked about and we've mentioned, clearly hold the ball, long drives, keep the Rams offense off the field. Well, the one thing we saw with Trey Lance is – He's chucking the ball down the field. He's not settling for singles. He's going for doubles, triples, and home runs. And maybe Kyle thinks we that's not sustainable against the Rams because they can do the same thing to us, and I don't trust him to get into a shootout with Matthew Stafford. But if Jimmy's in there, it's almost like his weakness turns into a strength because he can't generate those really big plays. So all their drives are going to have to be 10, 11, 12 plays and take up a bunch of time.
1: Yeah, and again, you know, I think – um we've talked about you know I I am inclined to to, to think that the specific matchup against the Rams is one I actually again healthy Jimmy I do think fits a bit better than Lance because you know the Rams are a a defense that's built around right like the generational talents that are Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Shanahan at his best and and what makes him a good play calling player designer is just sort of ignoring whatever the best player in your defense is and attacking your weakness. And with the Rams, that's coverage linebackers. And so, you know, you can beat them kind of in a fairly quick game. We saw it earlier this season where, you know, Jimmy didn't have to do a lot, but what he does, he like, again, the one thing I am confident to say is Jimmy G right now is better at Trey Lance at hitting the, you know, short pass layups, like the the slants, the screens, whatever. Now, again, If you're asking me, I'd argue, though, the gap is not large enough to make up for what I think Lance is better with than Jimmy downfield, but against the Rams defense, that might like the benefits to that, I do think are limited because I think the Rams have the pass rush where Lance holding the ball too long. He won't be able to escape and make as many good things happen without some big negatives like he did against the Texans and even to a certain degree against Arizona. Like, I I do think there's something to be said for they're going to have to get the ball out quickly and, uh, you know. Again, just get the ball out quickly, get the ball out in space to Kittle and Debo and Ayuk and even Juwan Jennings. And I think good things can happen um, as long as they attack the right matchup. So, you know, I I think there is something to be said for that. I don't think necessarily, though, sadly, I don't, well, I don't know. Maybe Shanahan does think that way. Does he really think that generating big plays? I don't know. I I think there's Shanahan, throughout his career, the criticism of him has been... As great uh, elite a play caller, play designer he is, at times it seems like he is placing priority or he prioritizes his own offense getting executed the way he wants to letting the talent he has do more than his, like letting, you know, sort of just positives happen in other ways. And I think, again, when the Niners traded up and then when they take Trey Lance, people go, oh, he's changed. And then we've seen the season and I think I'm inclined to sort of fall back on those laurels and say, I don't know if he has. And I think it might be a situation where, again, like we saw last week where there were plays and, you know, KP's done great film breakdowns of this. I've seen other people do great breakdowns of this. Lance did sometimes, you know, make the wrong read or hold the ball a bit too long. Against the Texans, though, he actually made better things happen than the play was intended to on a number of those situations, and I don't think Shanahan trusts that yet. Now, again, it seems like he's going to next season, so I I don't think we're in a world where Jimmy's coming back next year. Although I see your eyes um, with with levels of fear. The hell (laughs) no! Right, exactly. Like that's the thing. Like that's the thing about this situation is it ultimately rests on Shanahan, and I don't understand the process that has gotten Shanahan to this point. And that's what makes it so hard to predict where we go from here. But, you know, again, I do think there's this is a matchup that, again, I can see a healthy Jimmy has attacked well, and I do think – you know, the Rams weakness, the Rams strengths on defense are the ones that I think are going to give Lance the most problems for the longest amount of time as he develops as a quarterback. Like, ironically, I think in the world where Lance becomes the quarterback and Jimmy's no longer there, I think the whole thing about the Cardinals beat the Niners who beat the Rams who beat the Cardinals flips on its head. And I think the Rams will match up much better against the Niners, but the Niners will match up much better against the Cardinals because of just the talent on the defenses in Arizona and L.A. I think are sort of flipped in terms of which quarterback is better tailored are made to attack them
0: the other thing i'm interested to see is does jimmy's hand impact the offense in terms of are they in shotgun every play because it's easier for jimmy to take the snap out of shotgun as opposed to taking it under center does it affect his hand? does he hand the ball off with his opposite hand just to side, sort of save that thumb you know like what what kind of changes generally to the game plan do they have to make for that And how does that, does that limit the offense in any way? It could help because maybe they go away from some tendencies. I don't know, but I I would like, I think that's a factor. We keep talking about, can Jimmy throw, can Jimmy throw? Well, can he take a snap? Can he hold on to the ball if he gets hit? I mean, I'm sure the Rams coaches all week have been saying, "If, if it's Garoppolo, go for the strip, whack that arm, whack that hand. You know, let's test this thing out and see how strong it is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Jimmy's, again, a fairly turnover-prone quarterback. Like, you know, his fumble rate has always been higher. His interception rate, again, given his depth of target, has always been on the higher side. And that's And that's what makes me nervous about, like, the the prospect of Jimmy playing because I'm right there with you. Like, again, he's someone who put the ball, puts the ball on the ground quite a bit when he's been healthy. Um, you know, and so, yeah, I think that's a, that's a definite concern. And, again, in a game where the 49ers blew the Rams out, but we cannot overstate how much those over tu- early turnovers absolutely transformed that game. And, you know, yes, like, again, credit to, you know, D'Amico Ryan to the defense, the, you know, Shanahan and, and the offense. This was what that was one of the games where they took advantage of those opportunities they got. Like, I'm not, you know, they did what, what they had to do. But, you know, I think there's an element where Stafford never really got in a rhythm and it seemed like, the Rams kind of got in panic mode and you know maybe the 49ers can do that again maybe you know if they whatever march down the field if they get the ball first and have an eight minute drive and score first um I did you know frankly like this if I were in the prop bed I think right are they both on the, well, let me double check this but um frankly I think the forty the Rams are uh favorites to score first and frankly I, I you know I think the, the, the score first bet's always one where if anyone's got the plus sign on it, I'm inclined to take them. And, you know, I think, if not, I think it would not be shocking the Niners to get the ball first, march down field, probably end up selling for a field goal. But nonetheless, um, you know, and maybe they punch them in the mouth, get a turnover, and then they're up 10 nothing again, and Stafford's kind of out of his sorts. Um, you know, because Stafford, I do think while he's putting up elite numbers, I don't think he's an elite quarterback. And I do think there's elements where, you know, if you if you put him in a hole, I think the Niners feel comfortable with what their you know defensive line can do. And again, their secondary seems to be in better shape than it's been in a while in terms of health. I mean, again, it's frustrating to be here. And I don't want to sound like I'm just like all miseria, but like, this has been a fairly healthy 49ers season, all things considered. Like it got, they got hit early by the Verret injury, but you know, you look at like how healthy and intact the defense is right now. You look at how healthy and intact the, the offense is right now. Um, and again, that's why it's been all season where it's like there's these must win games, as these turnaround games where the 49ers can pull it off. They th- this is not a clear cut season in the NFL. There are a lot of good teams that have played bad in random weeks, like. The Niners get into the playoffs. and No one is going to be happy. That's the that's the wild card team they got matched up against. Right. And if the Niners do pull this off, like them going into the playoffs, it's a whole different ball game. And again, they do have the talent to pull off some upsets. It's just all season long when I've been at the point where I'm right, ready about around the corner, they throw up a stinker and get blown out. And maybe they th- this is the the game that finally pushes back the tie that they do show no we've underperformed this season but we believe we're an elite team uh again you look at the talent on this roster as much as that frustrates you they are they have the talent to be up there you know there's no reason this shouldn't be a game determining the winner of the nfc west right like that's what that's what should be on the line this should be like 2019 right where they're going up against seattle and the winner gets that first round bye Like, or I guess the winner gets the division at least. Um, And uh, so, you know, that is the the thing that as my frustration and perhaps at times disgust with where they are at this season is because of the high expectations I have that they've set for themselves. Like, you know, to, to, you know, players and coaches have opened, like they're not happy with where they're at. They're, you know, they're trying to win games to to make up for it, but they don't look, you know, they're not happy about losing to the Colts. They're not happy uh, about the way they lost to the Cardinals when Colt McCoy is the quarterback. So, You know, we get to see sort of how it plays out.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, if they win this game, it'll just be their second win in the division all season long. And then, as we all know, the other win came against this team. So when you're looking for reasons why this season didn't go the way we thought, that's one of the first places that you look. But I do think your point about what happens if the game skip kind of follows similarly to what we saw earlier this year, I do think that there is an element with a lot of people on this Rams team of, oh, no. Here we go again. Another game against the Niners where they come out and they're running the ball. They get a turnover early. Like, oh no, we've seen this movie before. It's got to be in some of their heads. It has to be at this point. Five straight games. We're talking multiple seasons now when the 49ers have not always had the better team. P.S. Like, keep that in mind. Nick Mullins yeah. has one of those wins. So I do think there's an element with the Rams of like, what, like these guys kind of just have our number, plus they know they're in the playoffs anyway right that's the other still thing
1: in- is is the wanted is is definitely you know like in terms of like who needs this game more the Niners need this game more and, and you know I, I do think there's also an element of yeah you know I, while like a you know someone like me from the outside looking in goes you know there's randomness it's actually only five games weird things can happen that doesn't mean people on the field players and coaches especially don't feel that like again you know uh you know, having uh, uh, various sentiments that way, I think are fairly quite common. I think I think the Niners feel that way about the Cardinals, you know, and I think that's part of the reason there's struggles there is I think there is an element where they feel like they don't match up well or that Arizona has their number, and I think you see them kind of press in those games, and I think they play loose against the Rams, and I think the Rams on the flip side have played tight, and, and you, that's why you see some of those mistakes. So, um, you know, again, that that's one point I think that could be in the Niners' favor.
0: I do think that that it's possible that the Rams, if they have a, you know, if they're down by a couple scores in this game are like, you know what? We're already in the playoffs. If the Niners especially come out really physical and punch them in the mouth, they be, they might be like, why are we going to kill ourselves in this game? We know we're going to have to play in the playoffs. We're already in like, maybe they just say, you know what? Let's try not to get anybody hurt and they, they don't go all out. It's possible. I don't know. Again, maybe Sean McVay is like frothing at the mouth and is right. so furious that he won't let that happen. I have no idea. But I think that the first quarter in this game is going to be massively important as opposed to other games where maybe you're like, hey, offense doesn't get rolling in the first quarter, whatever. We've still got the rest of the game. I think it's going to matter in this one how the game starts.
1: Yeah, I think also, right? Because, you know, they're on the. I guess I'm in Hawaii, so it's the ten a.m. slate, but you know, the what noon slate. The late anyway, the, the afternoon slate. Um for, for most folks. Well, right, the Packers Lions are the early slate. So the Packers will probably you. the,
0: You're the, in Hawaii. Oh, I don't know what time the games start for you mainlanders. Listen,
1: you know, when I grow listen, when you grow up in Hawaii, football starts at seven AM until daylight savings time when it starts at eight AM and then it's done by four or five PM. It's fantastic. But that's crazy. Uh, it's, by the way, it's one PM Eastern. 4 p.m eastern
0: that's right just so that's you right. know for your thank own you. edification
1: thank you thank you so when sunday night football starts when the sun's still out you never can get this right
0: you just like slipped that in there well i'm in hawaii you know, so it just you, know. Happens. you know what i did this morning you know what i did i spent two hours <laughs> shoveling my driveway because it was a pile of snow on it you
1: jerk god it rained a little here Yeah. You know, oh. yeah you know, just a little Hoo-hoo. drizzle a little drizzle um, but the, you know, the Packers, you know, I guess like, right. I'm pretty sure they'll, you know, if I guess if the Lions pull off something, maybe, but it's like, you know, Packers win that early game and the Rams can't get a buy. I'm not sure how the tiebreaker works, even if, even if they had the same record, how that would work for the one seed. But, you know, it's like, you're, you're not playing, you're playing for seeding at that point. If you're the Rams, right. You're not even playing for, I think Green field. Bay's locked in. Green Bay's locked in. Yeah. So e- even more so. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know you're playing for particular matchups. And uh, again, I don't know, you know, again, I think honestly ego, I think is going to to determine a good amount of this one when it comes for to McVay and, you know, if he views this, you know, not to the same intensity because of these two coaches, but if he views this as his Jim Harbaugh, Pete Carroll, you know, (laughs) then, then, you know, he's going to have some things and he's going to care a great deal. And if McVay's indifferent or he actually doesn't really have any animosity to Shanahan and that, you know, he's just, you know, another one of these, another head coach. And yeah, it's just another game. Then I also, then I think the the flip side is true that I don't think the the Rams are necessarily going to give it their all. I think we'll quickly see guys move to the bench and, you know, kind of rotate guys in have guys on tight pitch counts because they don't want to lose guys for the playoffs. So uh, I think honestly, uh, there is an element where how McVay, how much McVay cares, I do think is going to matter here
0: the weird thing is like Shanahan and mcveigh are very very good friends they hang mm-hmm. out off the field all the time i've seen them interact with each other it is hilarious and uh like they they clearly talk and it's just a weird thing because i think like they could sit down over beers and mcveigh can be like i'm such a better coach than you and Shanahan could be like oh yeah I've got <laughs> to the same number of Super Bowls as you, and McVay can be like, Yeah, well, look at my regular season records way better. And Shanahan could be like, Well, I kick your ass every time exactly. we play. Right. It's such a weird like you compare the records, it's not even close. McVay wins 10 games a year. Kyle Shanahan loses 10 games a year.
1: And yet hey, And he did not inherit a worse situation or a better situation. Agreed. Like that's the, the the other thing I think Niners fans do uh I think there is, look, Shanahan, when he was hired, the Niners were not in good shape. There was not a lot of talent on the roster. There was not, you know, it was like they, they'd acquired a bunch of first-round picks. They were not in great situation. The But the situation Sean McVay inherited with the Rams is arguably worse. They didn't have a first-round pick because of the golf trade. They were still, you know, they didn't have a first-round pick his first year. They were similarly, I think their records were pretty comparable um, towards the end of Jeff Fisher's tenure. Like, what McVeigh has done is honestly, and to be fair, right, let's need the GM as well deserves some credit there because they have that sort of co-op operation going. But, you know, what they've done is honestly incredible in terms of, like, how quickly they turned that thing around. And, again, just all you need to know for the Niners and Rams is what made a disappointing season for the Rams in McVeigh's tenure was, I think, 9-7, and seven, right? Right. And... Just look at Shanahan's record and I think you'll see a different, a different trend line. Um, And and that's why I think people sort of happy about this season, sort of like, well, they're going to make the playoffs. They might be 10 and seven or nine and eight. They're going to be above 500. It's like, yes, compared I guess to the last 25 years of relative incompetence in the 49ers organization, this is a success. But I guess I hold the 49ers to a higher standard than, well, when Dennis Erickson was here, we went two and 14. Like I hold them to a standard of other NFL teams. And again, there look around the league at other coaches there are very few. In fact, no real other example of someone who's gotten as much time as Kyle Shanahan and has many under 500 seasons as Kyle Shanahan and you know again, like the Matt Nagy comparison is quite strong. Um again, Nagy's I got t-
0: more playoff appearances than Kyle Shanahan. He, people I love to rag on Matt Nagy, but the facts are the facts and yeah. they are not in dispute. Um, I, I'll never forget this. When McVay was hired, I was working for NBC for Pro Football Talk, and we were at the Super Bowl. And a lot of times, when the coaches hire new people, they like to bring them around, kind of let them meet the media a little bit, let them mm. get in nice with the Sleuth. media. So, right. So we had McVay on the show, and while McVay was on the show, I was talking with somebody from the Rams. You know, because I always like to find out about these guys. And one of the first things this person said to me was, "It's nice to have a coach." whose first priority is football. And I was like, that is such an indictment of Jeff Fisher. (laughs) Yeah, That is a massive indictment of Jeff Fisher. And I was like, ah, crap. Like the Rams might have gotten a good one. And now here we are all these seasons later. He wins 10 games a year. He's gone to the Super Bowl. And uh, he and Les Snead are all in, you know, making moves, bringing in superstars, going the draft from now until the end of time, <laughs> and it never seems to come back to bite them because here they are again with a chance to win a division.
1: And you know, since you know Shanahan ain't going anywhere—at least in the very near future—we also know this: he's going to have to prove that he can succeed without first-round picks, right? Like he's going to—you know—he's kind of done the thing. He's traded two future first-round picks. He's done the thing the Rams have done consistently. The Rams have—you know—to be fair, the Nars—they've gotten honestly their best picks, and mostly come in the later rounds. Mm -hmm. But he's going to have to—you know—find a way to build some draft classes and fill some holes. With again, as his cap situation gets a lot tougher, it's going to be a challenge. I I do think I, I do love that story in part, though, because. You know, we, we joke about it's a results driven industry, results driven. And it's true because narratives shift based on that, right? Like, if the Rams come out and absolutely demolish the 49ers this Sunday, it's going to, we're going to care nothing about the Shanahan ownage. And it's going to be Sean McVay finally put his foot in the ground and wasn't going to be beat by Shanahan. And if Shanahan wins again, it's going to be Shanahan has ownage over Sean McVay. <laughs> and it's kind of like that with, the, with Sh- McVay loves football. Is my first instinct is, well, I mean, That's an indictment to Jeff Fisher, but I feel like there are plenty of coaches out there who love football as the top priority. So it's like, but McVay goes on to have the success he does. And it's like, okay, this is different. Right. And if McVay was a flop, it's like, well, the Rams hired a coach because he loved football. It's like whoop-de-doo, you know.
0: Well, then you combine that with the fact that he remembers what happened on a third and seven play in a random week eight game from 10 years ago. And you're like, holy crap, maybe the Rams did get a good one. Um, But we'll see. Uh, part of me also wants to, I mean, obviously I want the 49ers to win, but part of me wants them to win so that they make the playoffs and and make the pick that they traded to the Dolphins worse. Like it does make it a little bit more palatable, right? If you're trading a pick in the twenties, mid to late twenties, as opposed to, you know, early not making the playoffs. Like, yeah, that still matters to me a little bit.
1: Yeah. And again, the fact that where the 49ers are picking, again, I think there's going to be some weird things I'm working on sort of a immediate 49ers offseason preview for whether the 49ers I saw
0: that in the drafts and it made me sad like, yeah it's, mark's already preparing for us to lose this game well yeah look i,
1: I hope it doesn't have to go up in, in a week uh, at least but um i hope it doesn't have to go up for six or five six weeks but um you know the Fire ers are gonna have some don't want to get too ahead of ourselves but like their draft class is gonna have to you know thrive in those middle rounds right so you know screw the dolphins bit. You know they they were the ones who bet on themselves over the Niners, which as much as I ripped the Niners, that was when they traded from 14 to 6 and gave up their pick instead of the Niners. I was like, that's a bold play. And, you know, it's true. Cuz it's Philly's pick now, right?
0: Yes. Hmm. I host the SB Nation NFL show with Brandon Lee Gouton of Bleeding Green Nation and he's feverishly keeping track of it relentlessly, which I don't blame him. I mean, think about Philly, right? They end up making the playoffs. And they have three first round picks next year. So things have worked out perfectly for the Eagles. They could do whatever they want. If they want to keep Jalen Hurts, they could load the cupboard around him. Or if they want to move Jalen Hurts and, you know, those picks and get a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson or whoever, like they have ultimate flexibility where the Niners are locked in like they they have to go
1: with Trey Lance next year. You can't give up three first round picks and then not get anything for it for two years. And they don't. And the other thing about and this is the whole Jimmy conversation is like they don't have the cap space to make it work unless they cut or trade Jimmy like they just don't. And frankly, John even Lin if they just said that. Yeah. And frankly, even if they do, it's still going to be really tight. I mean, the Niners, to their credit, um, you know, they were smartly planning their extension signings, all that for what was supposed to be a massive salary cap jump. When the new TV deals got signed in 2020, 2021, 2022, and then COVID hit, and you know, I'm sure other teams were affected too, but the Niners, because you remember when Shannon gets hired, the one thing Trent bulky did was never spend a dime in cap space, and so the Niners had a lot of that, and you know, that's why to be to their credit, they were smart. They front loaded Garoppolo's contract to give them a lot of the flexibility they have now, and you know, good for Jimmy G's pockets, good for the Niners cap situation right now, and. The, you know, things got tight. The, the, the cap dropped this year and, you know, it will start to jump again. But, you know, because of the new CBA, it's capped at, I think, 208.2. And so, you know, this off, like this next offseason is going to be huge for the 49ers, right? Like if look, if Trey Lance is a elite quarterback and we're talking about him in the same tier as a Lamar Jackson, the Mahomes, a Rogers, a Brady, then this doesn't matter because the 49ers will be relevant. But even if he's just good and not to that great level, the next two off seasons um, are huge for this team because the the contracts they're locked into and stuff are with good players, and that's good. But they're going to have to sign Debo Samuel to do an extension, Nick Bosa to extension, and, uh, you know, again, it's, it's going to be put up or shut up time for Kyle Shanahan about, you know, Jimmy's not going to be there, Lance is going to be your guy, and you know let's see what you can do let's see you maximize this player who has incredible talent and you and you know what you're gonna have to deal with the growing pains you avoided it in 2021 well they're coming in 2022 and hopefully it comes with a lot of wins
0: you didn't avoid it you just delayed it there's a big difference there they're unavoidable he seems to not want to ever have to go through those but like sorry dude I don't care how good you think your system is. It is inevitable, and we saw it against the Houston Texans on that interception he threw. He never should have thrown that ball, but that's going to happen. So yeah. we're, we're getting down the road here, but I agree. I think both of the off se- the offseason is going to be wild for the Niners. Uh, they've got, I think it's something like 32 free agents or something like that this year. It's pretty incredible. But this game, hopefully we can delay all of that stuff. I want to put all of that off. I have all these offseason plans for like what we want to do and how to schedule things out. Like, I don't want to be thinking about that. I want to be sitting on Sunday when we do the Instant Reaction Show, which is live on the Niners Nation YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. I want to be talking about how we stuck it to the Rams again. Six straight games. Now we're in the playoffs. Now we're in the dance. And like Kyle Shanahan said, just get in. And then who the hell knows what's going to happen. We have seen teams make runs. Hell, the 49ers saw it with the Ravens and Joe friggin' Flacco when he just decided to stop throwing interceptions in the playoffs. So just get in and we'll take it one game at a time. But hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we just get to win this week. Just give me one more win this season. Even if they don't win a playoff game, I'd be sad. But like getting into the playoffs would just, ah, I could just exhale a little bit.
1: Just uh, again, there is a level and again, you know, we could still have like the caveats with it, but it does feel different to make the playoffs and not have played Lance versus to have not played Lance and to miss the playoffs. Even if that difference is marginal, it does emotionally feel big. And, you know, to be fair, in terms of like, again, you talk about Shanahan getting to the playoffs outside the Super Bowl year, it's not happened. Like, you know, so um also just start to make this a bit more trend, make it where the expectation should be the playoffs, not 500.
0: Right, because, you know, I thought when they went to the Super Bowl, it was like, okay, we've we've rebuilt the roster now. We're done with all that losing. Now yes. we're going to be a perennially good team. And then 2020, they were injured like no team I have ever seen. And so it was like, oh, crap, we're back to the bad old days again. But then they come out this year, with win the first two games. They play the Packers super close. And you're like, okay, no, that – 2020 was just a fluke, and we are that good team again, and it just sort of kind of hasn't really developed. So we'll see where it works out. Mark, I want to thank you for jumping in here with no notice whatsoever. Again, for Michelle, who's under the weather, I, I did get a message from her that she's doing slightly better now. She can actually, you know, speak without vomiting, which, I, you know, that's generally something you look for.
1: Hey, that's – pro. Hey, yeah, you know, it's – happiness is always relative, right?
0: Right. Exactly. Don't don't uh, take anything for granted, especially in 2022. Uh, But thank you. Let's go Niners again. And I just want to say for the record that even though I think it's a mistake to play Jimmy Garoppolo, for some people out there that need to hear me say this explicitly, I am not rooting against the 49ers. Seconded. What is the deal with that? Like, I think the team is making a mistake. I am saying so. All of a sudden, I'm not a fan anymore. Like, I don't know where that theory came from. But that's just not true in any way, shape, form, or fashion. If Jimmy Garoppolo is in there, I'm obviously going to want him to do well. It's better for me
1: personally. It's better for me professionally. And listen, let's get Jimmy those touchdowns and passing yards. Jimmy, do it. Change the narrative. Get the 49ers a second-round pick this offseason.
0: Enjoy the game, everybody. Make sure you join us after the game. Again, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Niners Nation, Instant React. Mark, thanks for the time. Go Niners.
1: Anytime.